welcome to the Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. My name is Huai Chen Bui. I'm a writer for Slash Film and pop culture journalist in DC, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts. I am Anya Crittenden, a writer at Gay Star News. And I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the DC area. So today, guys, we're doing our annual TV movie preview. We started off doing this podcast with a doubleheader episode of doing TV and movies, and I think it's pretty a uh, pretty good tradition to do every every September because we we like to talk about movies and TV and what we're excited for and what we, and whatnot. So, like, let's let's get into it. But first, we have an advertisement. The Millennial Falcon is brought to you by the season of autumn, pumpkin spice, leaves, and the dreading result of the midterms. Autumn. Perfect. I mean, I, it's one of my favorite seasons, so, like, I am a oh, fall yeah. fan. I what would, about you guys? I would oh, be, I love fall. I would be a fall fan oh. if oh. it lasted more than two weeks. That's true. Because, you know, it takes until maybe mid-October for it to finally feel like fall. And then by the time fall comes around, it's winter. And you're like, why is there snow? What is happening? That's so I like I, I'm going to have to fall back better. to summer just because it lasts so long. It's nice. You can drink rosé by your pool. Um, this is a very specific experience only to me because I have a pool in my backyard. You can also do that in spring yeah. when it's nice and not disgusting. No, spring also, also drink- only last two weeks too because it's cold until maybe May and then suddenly it's summer and you're like, okay, you can- might as well just embrace summer. And I also get really bad allergies in the spring. You can so, drink rosé any time of the year. No. True. Rosé is, is-, yeah. is, summer- is a summer drink. Uh, summer is when I can dye my hair bright colors and when my skin isn't dry and crackly and I don't have to wear itchy sweaters that give me rashes. So, but fall right. is like hot cider and like the falling, the changing of the leaves. I do have nice, cool, leaves. brisk temperatures. It's a good. I, I don't dislike season. fall. I just think that it's over. Uh, I don't want to say overrated. Overrated. Def- over overappreciated. That's wow. the same thing. Wow. <laughs> See? I, it's a I, nicer I, way of saying it. Yeah, I respect your opinion, HD. I just, I'm an anti heat person and a pro holiday person. Yes. So, like, summer. I'm an, an anti heat person and a pro cold person. And so, also, we were going to talk about TVs and movies, but I say, fuck that. We're going to get into a debate about which <laughs> season is best. It's I know. I'm, a, I'm very much in the minority here. Is next week. Everyone on Twitter is extolling the beautiful virtues of fall, and I, I, more power to them, but also I get cold easily, even though I'm a winter baby. I was born in February. I just I don't really understand why people like the cold weather so much just because again, my skin gets dry. I get eczema. Sweaters are itchy to me and I can't go outside unless it's actually I can't go outside at all. Summer at least I like if I go outside then I can just go cinnamon. back inside to the air conditioning. I want that nutmeg and cinnamon in my latte. Same, same. I'm also, I'm biased because I call myself a human heater. Like, I run very hot, like, naturally. Like, people will be, like, freezing and they'll touch me and they'll be like, oh my god, you're so warm. And I'll be wearing, like, shorts and a t-shirt and it's, like, 60 degrees out. That's what happens with me and my And I just, yeah, I cannot. I, like, run hot and I'm, I hate being hot. It's, like, miserable to me. I also don't me. like wearing pants. 
<laughs> like pants are so constricting. Maybe it's the style of pants. They are also constricting and tight. And I just want to lounge about in shorts or dresses all day and or sweatpants. And I can't go out in sweatpants. But you know what you can do in sweatpants? Watch TV and movies, yeah, which is what we're talking about. Oh, what a great segue, Anya. All right, Quibbly, what are we starting with? Uh, we're going to be starting with uh, TV, the television set, cable, 50-year-old television, technology. Cable. Everyone's cutting cable, though. They're cutting cord the cord. cutters. The boob Streaming. tube, you might say. <laughs> the boobs tube. The laptop, the everything. Let's get into it. HT, what are you, you going to watch this season? So... Ma, we're going to be talking about our three most anticipated TV shows of the fall 2018 season, and that includes returning and new TV shows. So mine are, there's only one returning show, surprisingly, and two new shows. So my my first series is The Good Place, my favorite comedy on TV right now. Perhaps even more so than Brooklyn Nine-Nine, just because The Good Place is so high concept, it's so ambitious, it's so weird, it's basically lost writ as a comedy, and that's what I love so much about it. The characters are so strong. Um, everything that each cast member does is great. Ted Danson is like a revelation in it. He deserves that Emmy nomination. Uh, Kristen Bell is great. Um, May- Manny Jacinto is just... Uh, rudely good looking it's he's got those jawbones he's got those jawbones and it's a testament to how good he is in the role as jason who's like the kind of spoilers the dumb uh dj florida dj of the group that um you don't realize how good looking he is until halfway through season two it's true you're like wow this guy is a good looking guy who can pull off a suit and oh my gosh jason in that suit i was I was floored. I was blushing. Uh, temperatures oh, are running geez. high. <laughs> but yes, The Good Place. I'm excited to see where they take us in the third season. No season has been the same um, in their first two seasons that they've had. And it's just been a wild roller coaster of ambitious concepts and uh, philosophical explorations. And I can't wait to see where they go and h- how they will explore their return to, spoilers again, Earth. Because we know for a fact that they're actually alive and not in some simulation. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. It's wild. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for more Chidi and Eleanor. Uh, and uh, just can't wait for the good place to return. And that returns on uh, uh, September 27th. Yeah, so pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Very soon. My next series is um, something I... I'm excited for, but I know I've has gotten mixed reviews. Maniac. Uh, it's Kerry Fukunaga's return to television. Kerry Fukunaga directed the first season of True Detective and was really the reason that that show was so good because, of, as we could see from the events of True, De- True Detective Season 2, it kind of fell apart after Fukunaga and the original team left. So Maniac is a, a dark comedy series uh, that's debuting on Netflix. It's an adaptation of a Norwegian television series of the same name. And it's about two strangers who meet at a pharmaceutical drug trial, um, an experimental drug trial that takes them on this strange um, journey through these alternate realities in their minds. So they jump from a Lord of the Rings-esque uh, fantasy world to the jazz age to a um 
modern suburbia kind of area. And it stars Emma Stone and Jonah Hill as these two strangers uh, who are depressed and looking for some form of human connection. And um, they are, it's a reunion for the Superbad duo after they, they both made their name in that raunchy comedy from 10 years ago, I think. Maybe more so. Now they they're both, both Oscar nominees. yeah. And, and one is an Oscar winner. One we should Oscar say winner. Emma Stone has a leg up on Jonah Hill. She does. And Jonah Hill, too, was nominated for an Oscar for play, basically playing the same role in two films. So I just, I probably would, you know, dock him a point for that, too. But he's just really good at it. He's just really good at it. And I'm excited for this series. It's really weird and high concept and twisty and mind bending. And it's has gotten some mixed reviews. Some are calling it one of the best TV shows of this year. Some are saying it's a convoluted mess. But there's no question that it looks great and looks spectacular because Carrie Fukunaga really has an eye for the visuals. So Maniac Netflix series coming uh, September 21st, another one of my most anticipated TV series. My third one is... The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, another Netflix series coming October 26th, stars Kiernan Shipka as the titular teenage witch, but um, a more dark and witchy take on the character based on the graphic novels of the same name, which takes a twist on the character uh, introduced in the Archie comics. And she's um, much more gothic and murderous and brutal and kind of surreal and supernatural take on it and the netflix series which is created by the same producers or the creators of riverdale has Mm -hmm. that same tone the very gothic uh creepy tone that i can't wait to see Uh, i only seen i haven't watched all of mad men but I have seen Kiernan Shipka in The Black Coat's Daughter, which is a great horror film from A24. And her kind of playing a very similar character. I, I would think, I'm not really sure what the what she will do with uh, Sabrina in this series. But uh, it's also kind of a witchy, satanic character. Uh, and I can't wait to see what she does with this and what this series, what where the series will go. I, I really enjoy Riverdale, even though I haven't caught up, as the overwritten, overwrought teenage soap (laughs) it is. And I can't wait to see what they do with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I keep getting Kiernan Shipka confused with the young actress who was in Gifted and also plays a young Emma Swan in Once Upon a Time. Yes, she looks exactly the same. But they look look like twins, and I'm like, which one is which? I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, the the writer of the TV show is also the writer of the comic book for the one... The, that it's based on so yeah. it's like it should be a, a pretty good adaptation mckenna grace never... oh sorry is the girl mckenna grace yeah, yes that's from gifted name. she looks like a younger kiernan shipka essentially she's yeah. like so I like think kiernan shipka younger. from like season two of mad men basically <laughs> yeah all right um i'm gonna go next i'm gonna i'm gonna just slide in with yeah, my tv go for it anya um so I have two returning and one new because this happens all the time with with TV shows. Like, I'll be most excited for returning because I know them and I know I'm going to love them and be excited. New, I'm, like, tentative and I'm like, I'll check out the pilot. We'll see. I don't know. So your your, your new show is God Friended Me, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Aren't you guys thrilled Our about Our most that series? anticipated series of the year, for sure. God absolutely. Friended Me <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> okay. So my I'll do my two returning ones first and the first one is also the good place because 
everything HT said about it. It's brilliant. It's Mike Sure. It's funny. It's clever. It's smart. It's everything. She mentioned some of the great cast. I'm also going to mention uh, Jamila Jamil because I've, like, fallen in love with her. I mean, first off, Tahani is one of my favorite characters on the show. Like, I am very much, like, a cheaty Tahani hybrid as my real-life person. Like, I am a mix of cheaty and Tahani. Um, and I love her. And then I just love Jamila because, like, she's become, like, such an advocate for, like, body positivity. And I'm, like, such a stan. Um, I think she's perfect. So, good plays. I'm so excited. It's gonna be great. And my next one is the final season of Jane the Virgin. Because... Oh, right. Oh, it's going away. I know, I know. And I first started watching the show last summer, and I, like, binged it, and I fell in love. And the show is just, it's so empathetic and full of heart, and it's smart. And I love that it's both, like, the dramatic, like, soap opera and still, like, a really great character drama that's grounded. And we had a big cliffhanger at the end of the last season, and so I'm very excited to see how the last season kind of rolls out and what happens. Um, and I'm going to miss it, but I'm also very excited, and I'm glad we got this show at all. So that's my other returning one. Um, and my new one is the new Amazon Prime series. I can't say Good Omens yet because it doesn't come out until next year. But so for me, it's the Romanoffs. The new oh, Mac yeah. show, mm. right? Weiner? Uh, it's Weiner. Weiner. Okay, we don't want to mix them up with the other Weiner, so that's <laughs> fine. Um, so I never watched Mad Men, um, so I don't really have like that to go off of, but uh, as soon as I saw this trailer for this series, I was like, yep, sign me up, I am here, I'm already addicted. So the Romanoffs, you guys have heard of them, right? Famous. I, I may Russian have. Family. I don't know. I may have a uh, you know gotten a. You know, like there was like kind of a thing with like a coup and like murders and. It may have been an animated movie. I don't know. I was maybe named after one of their daughters. <laughs> you know, I'm Russian. All right. So the Romanovs. Uh, it's an anthology series, eight episodes. Each episode is like a self-contained story but they're all linked by the thread of the Romanoff family. And so what it's about is that each episode set in a different city with different characters. One character believes they are a descendant of the Romanoffs. And it becomes this whole like absurd satirical comedy about people thinking they are descended from this great Russian royal family and what that means and if it's true and how they extol that in their lives um i'm not really sure like plot wise what each episode's gonna be but it's about history it's about a family that i'm very familiar with in my love of history and russian history and it just looks absurd the cast is insane like there are so many people in this show i think like diane lane Corey soul um jj field who i love there's a lot of people that I cannot remember right now. Will it be needed on more people on the show? I mean, half the cast of Mad Men is coming back. I think Christina Hendricks is in it, as well as uh, uh, the other guy from Mad Men. Not the Don Draper. Guy. Yeah, I know his name. But not I Ted Danson. I can't, think of, I can't I think of his name. I was just you guys know what I'm talking about. I think of the other Ted Danson. That's like how I refer to him in my head. Um... But yeah, so I'm really excited for this show because I think it just looks like the perfect amount of absurd wit and 
what a concept for a show, like how, how bonkers. Um, and then I have one more to add. I got permission beforehand to add this fourth one. And it's because I'm not excited for it. I'm going to like, this thing has like tormented my soul ever since Willoughby informed me of it this week. (laughs) I'm going to be like hate watching the new Titans show about the teen Titans, you know, but now they're just Titans. Because they're gritty. Because teens aren't cool. Teens are not cool. And I was planning on completely foregoing the show and not watching a single second of it. And it was going to be great because the trailer (laughs) Then Willoughby informed me one of my all-time favorite comic book characters, who is very near and dear to my heart, who has never been seen in a live-action thing before, is going to be in that show. And that is Jason Todd. And now I have to watch it. Because Jason Todd. And I hate this. Yeah, what a great You're friend. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks. You're welcome. So that's me. Three shows <laughs> One show. You're excited to hate watch. What if they get Jason Todd right? What if they what get if the I show was... right? What if the show's really good? Uh... <laughs> it won't be, but what if it is? <laughs> Anya's <laughs> having like a breakdown right now in what the middle of the podcast. Like an Emmy not... What if it becomes like the first yeah. superhero TV show yeah. to be nominated by Emmys and Oscars? Uh, and it Oscars. Just, it transcends it just, that those boundaries. Medium. Oh my god, what if it gets nominated for a Tony? What if it EGOTs? <laughs> Titans is the first soundtrack that gets a Grammy nominated that wins a Grammy. Or what if they do a musical episode? Guys, what if the musical episode EGOTs the show? They, they <laughs> air it in theaters, they show it on TV, they do a, a live they they win a Grammy for the soundtrack for it, and they perform it on a stage. Right. It, it becomes a stage a Broadway musical. It it, it and then an EGOTs. Or no, you don't even do that. They 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 open a broad a a, a vacant uh Broadway theater and they just project the episode on a on a screen. Oh and my god, guys! I think this is the darkest timeline. <laughs> I think we're at the bad place. Twenty eighteen in a nutshell, um, guys. What are your thoughts on Brenton Thwaites? Because like I know like I'm a big Jason girl, but you're a big like I'm a big anti Brenton Thwaites. Is that who's playing Gr- Dick Grayson? What? Sorry? Is that who's playing Dick Grayson? Yeah. Wait. Brenton Thwaites, the of, kid who uh, ruined the um the giver of gods of Egypt and of of God, gods of Egypt fame and the giver fame. I haven't forgiven him for ruining the giver. Too? He plays Will and Elizabeth's son. This kid's wild. He's going places, guys. Yeah. First, I dislike the fact that um he looks exactly like Grant Gustin in the Flash, and I'm like, okay. Greg Berlanti needs to get over his type and stop casting Grant Gustin lookalikes. Is uh, he producing Titans as well? Huh? Is he producing Titans as well? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. He's yeah. He's the he's the main mastermind behind um, the CW TV shows, and I just I just very much dislike Brenton Thwaites. I actually wrote a whole slash film article about how much I dislike Brenton Thwaites casting as Dick Grayson because I see Brenton Thwaites. Um, as another a symptomatic of a greater phenomenon of Hollywood just casting these bland white boys in like every single role and trying to push them as the next big action hero when they have no charisma. Um, you can see in older actors like uh, Sam Worthington, for example, is his whole career. So I just I 
very much dislike Brendan Thwaites. I think he is the worst choice for my beloved Dick Grayson. Uh, I dislike that they didn't go with an actor of color, um, and they didn't go with someone who's curvier as well. I'm like, I know that Dick Grayson is only, like, canon Romani Mm -hmm. in, like, some stories, but I'm like, it just would have been more progressive and, like, cool to, like, have a person of color playing Dick Grayson, because he is a person of color in certain canons, and I just think that would have been a much better decision. Yes. Anyways, I'm anti-Titans. Anya, let me know if it gets better. If they ruin my dick, then don't tell me. I can't wait for it to EGOT, guys. It's going to be great. Um, so after this mess of a conversation and TV show that is happening, Willoughby, what are the three shows you're looking forward to? So I'll go first with the one that hasn't been said yet. Uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is returning for its final season. Yes, shout out. And I'm very excited for it. I'm excited for the new music, the new plot lines, and the funny and... Uh, depressing humor of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I don't really know what the plot will be, but I've always liked the show, and I'm very excited to see where it goes. Same. So that's that's all I can say, pretty much. Agreed. I, um, I'm excited, especially the, the depths they went to last season with yeah. their exploration of mental illness and yeah. suicide and everything. It went dark, but they managed to keep a light uh, touch on it. Although I'm a little nervous, too, about their recasting of Greg. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> I we haven't have, talked I... about it on the show. So for those of you who don't know or don't remember, uh, Santino Fontana left the show in the third season? No, second season. Second it, season. Like the middle third of the second season. Um, unceremoniously left. And and now he's the character Greg is coming back as a, quote, reimagined character played by Skylar Aston, who is primarily known as the boyfriend from the Pitch Perfect movies. Um, and he and so he's playing Greg and be, they're reasoning at the T- TCAs, which is like the, the time of the, like when all the TV shows like go to the critics and be like this is what we got for you. And so they were talking about how Greg will be a reimagining, reimagined character and he no longer looks like Santino Fontana because Rachel has moved on in her life, and so, like, the Greg she knew is no longer the Greg of the present, I guess? Even Isn't with, it like, also, like, um, because, like, he went off to college and, like, rehab, and he's, like... He's also a he's different become, person. He's become sober, and so he's also, like, a different person to himself, because he's he is, like, not man. the kind of self-damaged. I actually don't mind that explanation, because I feel like it fits with the tone... And, like, sensibilities of Crazy ex I feel like another show couldn't pull that off, but I feel like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend can. I'm conflicted because, A, I love Santino Fontana, and I know that he didn't leave the show on the best circumstances. So I'm like, mm-hmm, I know what's going on. And also, I love Nathaniel. And I don't want anyone, anything or anyone to come between Nathaniel and Rebecca. And I feel like Rebecca should end the show single and not with a man, but I also just want her to keep making out with Nathaniel because... Nathaniel. Yeah, I still really dislike Nathaniel. He's not great. <gasps> I'm sorry, Anya. He's not great, Bob. Is... Nathaniel's great. I love him so okay. much. I, this, I one, this is one of you your like stands I don't understand. I think it's because you like Greek the TV show, Anya. I am definitely biased because I'm a Greek fan, but I also just love Nathaniel. I will say, his like takedown of every single Ed Sheeran song 
was pretty hilarious. But other than that, he's kind of just like the bland white boy who like comes in and he's like, I have daddy issues. Meh. Basically, Willoughby, you put it perfectly. And right, was an obvious right. replacement too for Greg. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and yeah. they 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 made that kind of a point in like the "Who's This Guy" yeah. song, yeah. which was pretty funny on the nose. But they were like, they're really keeping him around. Okay, um, okay. So yeah, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend I'm excited for, and then the two that have already been talked about, two one of them twice already, The Good Place, uh, which is one of my favorite shows on TV right now. Um, I'm gonna take it in a little different direction because you guys have already talked about how great it is, and it's. I agree with all your points. I want to talk about the Good Place podcast, mm. which has been doing work this summer to give this amazing behind-the-scenes coverage of what it's like to produce the show through actors and writers, and then also through like the editors and the producers and the special effects special effects supervisors and other people on the show who are like not usually the faces of like behind-the-scenes footage. It's not just the four characters, even though they all are there on the show, as well as other characters. But the writers are there. The, um, like, props department's there. Like, they, they get these representatives from the show on to... From, from these departments to come onto the podcast and talk with Mark Evan Jackson about what it's like to make the show from their perspective. And it's so interesting. It's what I love about, like, behind-the-scenes, like stuff for tv shows and movies like it's given me like this really it strengthened my love for the show because i know now what they do to to do the work to get the show produced and there's they they always bring in mike sure for like the season finales to talk about like the show's arc and where it's going and what or not really where it's going but like what they did to get there and how you know like the show is really fantastic and i really love that they've done this podcast because usually a show will come will come out with a podcast like they usually don't do a, an actual like a network produced podcast. It's usually like fan stuff, and they and the and they get writers and creators to come onto the fan produced shows. But this is like from NBC, and Mark Evan Jackson is a fan of the show and also on the show. He plays Sean, but he's also like able to be like kind of an outside perspective and like ask questions. And it's really, really good. Like, I listen to it every time they release an episode. And they've been doing two episodes a week to time it with the season three premiere. Um, they were just doing one episode, but they, they uh, when they switched over to season to doing... They do episode-by-episode episode breakdowns. When they got to season two, they started doing twice, twice a week to uh, get going with the premiere. Apparently, they've already shot all, all of season three. They've wrapped it. Oh, um, wow. They do that during the summer. Wow. Um, so, like, they they know everything that we don't know yet. So I don't really know what it with season three of the show. I don't know if it'll be, like, like once a week. Because what they've done is they've been able to talk freely about the first two seasons the entire time they've been doing the podcast. Because it came out after season two. So I would be interested to know if they're going to continue doing the show weekly as the show airs. Or if they're going to wait till season three is all done and then talk about it. Um Sing. But yeah, so I like that. I like the show. It's really great. Um, do either of you guys listen to it? Uh, yeah, I don't listen to the podcast, but I've seen some of the things that go viral from it. Like the um, fun fact that Derek, all of his lines were 
were basically written as a regular script and then they put it through Google Translate twice through yep. two other languages and then translated it back to English. So it became like garbled garbage. And that's what made it so funny and weird. And that, that's, that was something I loved. And I, I really am interested in listening to it, but I just, because I work from home, I haven't had the time to listen to podcasts in general. Right. So I, but I do want to listen to it just because everyone is recommending it, like you. It's so good. It's yeah. really like fast. It's a, it's one of the best like behind the scenes podcasts I've ever listened to. I'm like, I'm with HT. I subscribe to it, so like I have a- downloaded episodes, but I haven't started listening to it yet because I also don't have a lot of time to listen to podcasts working from home. So I listen to it only when I like drive, and I just kind of prioritize other podcasts. So I plan to get there eventually. Because mm-hmm. I've heard great things and I love the show, but I haven't yet. Cool. So my third is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, so like HT, I think Riverdale is trash, but it's like a lovely trash. Um, and and I'm not caught up with it yet, but I am interested to see where they go with it. Because like in the EW article, they were talking about how like there could be a, a Riverdale crossover with Sabrina. Um, and so I'm really fascinated by that idea. But I also like... And would be cool with it being its own like thing. Um, I think I used to watch the the sitcom growing up, um, and I never really read the Sabrina comics because I was never really an Archie comics person. I never watched it. Grow- I never read them growing up, so I honestly didn't even realize Sabrina was part of the Archie universe until the show was announced. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Um, but I do, I do like this, like modern re- not modern but this gothic retelling of like Sabrina the teenage witch as like the satanist cult witch lady with her two aunts who are like full witches and she's like half witch and she's like getting ready to be a, a full witch and so i i do like the idea that also that there's going to be Salem the cat and also Harvey the boyfriend so like it's going to be like the, this weird almost retelling of this of the sitcom but it's going to be all gothic and whatnot um, and yeah, so, and I, I, I really liked what Kiernan Shipka is doing as an actress all the way back since Mad Men. I think she was one of the strongest performers on the show. So I'm really interested to see like how well she does with this like interesting gothic witch nonsense. So. Okay. So I think that's a good way to wrap up our fall TV preview. Um, I, we're going to split this episode actually into two parts. Uh, we're going to be moving our fall movie preview to next week, so look forward to that. But before we move on to the last segment of our episode, we have another ad. The Millennial Falcon is brought to you by Democracy. It's at stake. Vote in the midterms, November 6th. We need you to. Go vote. Buy war bonds. Do everything you can to stop the Republicans. My God. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the last segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. All right. Um, Willoughby, after that inspired uh, ad that we just heard who from someone that is totally not on the show, uh, why don't you start us off with your really like this week? What do you really like? Um, a little show called American Vandal. Uh, season one hit me like a train last year where I was like, this is one of the greatest shows I've ever watched. It was so, it's compelling fake docuseries about, um, who drew the dicks on cars in graffiti. 
And it honestly turned into like better commentary on modern high school culture more so than like any other show I think ever really like especially like contemporarily like it tell it's such a unique show in the way that like because of the this perspective of like it's a show from kids about kids they're able to tell like really interesting stories about like you know like how people are connected to each other through social media through their clicks in high school like through their, their friends and like friendships like a, a big part of the show in season one and season two is about like how friendships can be destroyed at a moment's notice especially in such a turbulent time as high school and how like reconciliation is really difficult um because there's like prejudices to get over you know facts that were miscued or not really were what they were and so season two takes what we learned what you know basically season one's like docuseries on like of a crime and takes it to a different school a same same quote producers of american vandal the two kids who made the show the first time but they they were drafted into going a different school and like um they about like call it something called the brownout which is where a bunch of people drink lemonade and they all poop themselves everywhere and it's like it's very very disgusting and very much a poop joke but also like a modern and uh, like a a very much a compelling story about high school and like what it means to be a teenager in today's like social media heavy world and like what this all means and what people are trying to what kids are trying to like cope with in their lives and it's honestly like it honestly got really emotional by the last, the last couple episodes. Um, and, like, even though it's supposed to be... It's very... It, you know, there it's l- lighter on the jokes and heavier on, like, the drama. Which I'm okay with, because it's, like... It's supposed to be, like, a comedy, but also, like, it's not. It's also, like, an, an incisive, like, take on uh, high school culture. And so it's just really good television, Onion. You need to watch both seasons. I really do. I know it's on my list. It's good. It pulls a fast one on you. Like uh, like Willoughby was saying, it is surprisingly emotional and has a surprisingly authentic depiction of high school life, more so than other show teen teen shows that have been um, extolled as being great teen dramas. Maybe they were called Thirteen Reasons Why, uh, when in fact American Vandal actually has a much more. deep and knowing portrayal of these teen lives and it's and not plus a... like the the acting is phenomenal mm-hmm. like there's nothing you nothing fake about these actors like you could like they cast actual teenagers they're really good at what they do and it's just like really great like you never the illusion that it's a fake show is never dropped exactly all right anya what does you really like this week um, I'm going to keep going with the TV theme, except I'm going to go with a TV movie. Ooh. So in anticipation of the Emmys tomorrow night, which, by the way, so weird that they're on a Monday. I don't know. Have, have um, they not been before? No, they usually no, they're Sunday usually on Sundays. Oh. It is weird. Yeah. Huh. It well, is the weird. The Globes are on a Monday. That's right. Um, so in anticipation of the Emmys happening, I've been trying to catch up on certain things that I haven't seen. And so this weekend, I watched the HBO movie The Tale. And it is harrowing and devastating and profound, but it is also an excellent movie, um, and I highly recommend it. So it 
premiered at Sundance, got lots of rave reviews, but no one would buy it because of its subject, which deals with child sexual abuse. And so HBO ended up getting it, which is why it's up for the Emmys and not like a movie award show. Um, So it's directed by Jennifer Fox, and it is based on her own experiences as a child when she was sexually abused by a coach when she was 13. She might have been a little younger when it really happened to her, but in the movie she's 13. Um, And the movie basically goes back and forth between Jennifer as a child when the abuse is happening and Jenny as an adult, played by Laura Dern, who is remembering what happened to her and grappling with it um, and recognizing that she was abused and that this has created long-lasting trauma on her um, and how she kind of has to resolve that and understand it uh, to keep going in life. Um, Like I said, it's haunting. It's very hard to watch. Um, by the end, like the last 20 minutes, I, there was like this dreadful pit in my stomach and I felt sick and my heart was hammering in my chest, but I also knew how important this was and what a well acted and well directed film. It, it never treats its subject lightly, of course, and it, it shoots it authentically and with grace and respect to Jennifer and her story. Um, And the other important thing is that all the scenes, because they do show scenes between Jennifer and the coach, who's played by Jason Ritter, which is hard because Jason Ritter is such a pure boy, Um, but he's very good in this movie. Um, It was all shot with an adult body double, so the girl playing a young Jennifer was never in those scenes, which is good to know. Um, So, can't say, like, I, I liked it, I enjoyed it, but it really hit me. Um, and Laura Dern gives a phenomenal performance. She's nominated tomorrow night for the Emmys. Um, so I recommend it. It's hard. You need to be in the right mind space. But it's really good. The tale is so good. I saw it earlier it, yeah. this year, too. And I think, honestly, it's such a travesty that it was not released theatrically. I feel like I feel like everyone was afraid to buy it. Yeah, and I think it's more even so more more so than it's like it's more than just an important movie too because it's such a beautifully made film and a Agreed. really intriguing exploration of memory, uh, the yeah. way that sh- that Jennifer goes through her memories of her abuse is very surreal and also very like very creative the way that they do it. It's just it really sticks with you and very real because memory can be faulty. And you can create fake memories or suppress real memories, and that's kind of what Jennifer does, and that she she lashes out at people saying she wasn't a victim and it was a relationship, and she has to she has to get to a point where she can accept that she was abused and what that means, and that there were others. Um, so yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I highly recommend it, but it is it is tough. Yeah, agreed. Uh, my really like is sort of along the lines of uh, TV as well, and it's kind of something we've touched on before in a recent episode. But I'm just so excited about Doctor Who, guys. <laughs> uh, I've been t- uh, DMing both Anya and Willoughby constantly about during my Doctor Who rewatch, and Willoughby has been joking that it's like we're we're back to 2012, and really we have. Yep. 
It's like we're time traveling again. And it's like I've time traveled back to my love for Doctor Who because it has been reinvigorated, especially with the final seasons of Peter Capaldi, who I was really on the fence with when we first recorded our Doctor Who episode, and I still hadn't really been sold on. But boy, his last two seasons just sold me. He, it might have even put him up as like one of my favorite Doctors. It, he's that good in this in the final. Oh, season, that makes me so. I really need to watch that. Yeah. Makes me I won't. Happy I won't spoil it for you, but he. I I'll categorize it basically as what I texted them earlier. Um, you know, ninth Doctor is an action hero. Tenth Doctor is a tragic hero. Eleventh Doctor is a trickster hero, and the twelfth Doctor is an anti-hero. And that's why it takes so long for him to really settle into the role because it's all about his redemption. And I haven't seen a Doctor go through that much of a character arc in the the revival episodes. Um, and it's so fascinating what they do with his Doctor and how he turns from this cantankerous, almost cruel and ruthless character into someone who is so forgiving and kind, and has this really great speech in his one of his final episodes about how the importance of kindness and it's so good and moved me to tears and i'm back on my shit as a doctor who fan yes so i'm excited um i'm doing currently on a rewatch of all the doctor who revival episodes i'm halfway through i just finished season three actually so i'm halfway through basically and uh i'm excited to get back to 11 who's still my boy uh i love him he's and i think season five is still a perfect season uh, I can't wait to get to that, and I can't wait to f- write about Doctor Who, too. I might, I am on the fence about pitching to Slash Film a story about just, like, ranking all the episodes of Doctor Who Revival, but I think I might go insane if I do it, because there are 130 would, episodes. I counted. You can, you can at least rank the ep- the Doctors and their companions. No, because that's a personal preference thing, and that would also get me killed. Wait, please do all the episodes. You know how, like, I mean, I feel like Vulture does those, like, like, remember that Vulture did, like, the, all the Netflix original movies, and there's, mm-hmm. like, hundreds, and they ranked all of them? But I, I might mean, die. Do that. I might die, and I might hate myself for eternity. But have you been taking notes already? I have been. Do it. Do <laughs> it. You got it. Do it. You can do you it. You know, maybe I'll just rank the top 13 in honor of the 13th Doctor. Hey! Mm-hmm. That's easier. Okay, all right, the, that's more reasonable. Yeah. Or is it 14, because there's the War Doctor. That's true, there's Let's the War Doctor. Let's get into that bullshit. <laughs> all right, well, you know, no. actually, all right, Anya, I like the Day of the Doctor. That's a good episode. It kind of has... It's- Good. It's a good episode. It has the Frasier effect of putting 11 and 10 right next to each other and that they're, like, basically the same person. Yeah, but it's, like, such terrible storytelling. Like, there's literally a big red button. Like, that is Stephen Moffat. Wait, it's- wait, hold on. We have to go back. H.C. says something really fascinating. Did you, did you say the Frasier effect? Yeah. So this is like- actually... The like, Frasier effect like is... Frasier, Crane, and Niles? Yeah, how they're basically, like, very similar characters and yet you reap a lot of comedy from that. Yes. Yeah, and actually, I I was thinking about this recently because the Russo brothers says something similar in their approach to uh, Avengers: Infinity War and why they paired off Iron Man and Doctor Strange, and they're like, oh, we basically pulled the Frasier effect with them. It and, worked, and like, Niles and Frasier are hilarious yeah, together. They so. are, and that's why I think the Day of the Doctor works for me because it's basically like the Frasier effect, and I love seeing Eleven and Ten together, even if the story doesn't work out. Again, who's here for the story for Doctor Who? I am. <laughs> I'm here for the stories and the characters. Also, like, that's a celebratory episode, and Stephen Moffat didn't celebrate Doctor Who. He just, like, wrote his own dick. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm not going to argue with you for that, but I still really enjoy all the moments. With I want Morgan. my heart back, Stephen Moffat. I will say he really improves in the last two seasons of Peter Capaldi. Even though Capaldi oh. doesn't get all the stellar episodes, he really gets a perfect send off. And I think Moffat finally realizes that his convoluted storylines and his big red buttons don't always work. How are his female characters, though? Bill, Bill is better. Clara, I still think, is kind of a combination of all of Moffat's favorite characteristics in a female character. I don't really know if she's a character or not, but she has she's sort probably of, not because of yeah, Moffat. But she has kind of a, a interesting arc towards the end of her her um, run that I think tr- makes her a little bit better than just the collection watch of characteristics. Peter season. Like you've you've already convinced me, I'm going to do it, and mm-hmm. I, I'm excited for Peter Capaldi. Um, but I will just never be a Moffat fan. And that's okay. That's fine. I will say, though, he does have an ear for dialogue. He does well with that. And I still love Doctor Who. I still love a lot of Moffat's seasons and episodes. So sue me. I do know he has a problem with female characters, and he and I acknowledge that, and I don't like a lot of his female characters. But I do, and I, I hate a lot of what they do with, with her song, but I like her as a premise, and I am a kind of trash for it. You know, you know how I feel about those. Like, I, I feel romances. you with River. River, yeah. yeah, I feel you with River. She's completely agreed. Yeah, and she uh, and, and Matt Smith have great have great chemistry. She and Eleven are like my favorite. They are, they are some of the first fan fan fiction that I read. She and Peter Capaldi, so good together. I recommend even if you don't like River Song and what Moffat does with it, the Husbands of River Song, the Christmas special is so good, and gives Peter Capaldi that like extra layer of empathy that he really gets in the final season. So. I'm going to watch them. You've already convinced me. Like, Doctor I'm going to get back to Doctor Who. When does the new season start? October 7th, I think. Ooh, okay. I got to I gotta go. Yeah, that's why I'm like rushing through my rewatch right now. Uh, uh, yeah, October 7th, Sunday. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds good. Yeah. That is our episode for the week, our fall TV preview. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on upcoming TV shows you're excited for or shows you've been watching, like American Vandal or TV movies like The Tale or even Doctor Who, come chat with us. And where can they do that, Willoughby? You can find us on Facebook if you search for us there. We're also on Twitter at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is Millennial Falcon podcast.wordpress.com you can listen to us on soundcloud or and rate review and subscribe to us on itunes or google play and where can they find you guys on the internet you can find me at htranbui on twitter you can find me at anya crittenton on twitter and you can find me at willby dobbs on twitter all right thanks for joining us guys bye, bye. bye.